0: Are you ready? Are you? I'm sure you're expected because you're here, but are you ready to get into the word tonight? Yes, let's welcome Pastor Pam. Amen. Thank you, Raina. Good evening. Can you hear me? Is the microphone on? Praise the Lord. Well, for those that don't know me, I'm Pastor Pam. I'm Pastor Cap's wife, for those of you that know my husband and maybe don't know me. Yes, pray for me, please. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so um, that those, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Pam. I am one of the uh, assistant pastors here at the Brook Campus. So I'm excited to bring part two of our message on Transformed. Amen. We're going to pray in just a minute. I was laughing. I said to Pastor, Pastor is such a big cheerleader for all of us when we minister. But when I saw his car there, I said to my husband, is Pastor here? And he said, yeah. And I said, oh my gosh. And he said, don't worry. Pastor's heard false doctrine before. And we were laughing. I was like, praise the Lord. God is so good. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for who you are. Father, we just honor you. We thank you for your word that transforms us, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of each one of us that changes us. He's our teacher. He's our guide. He's the one that's been our helper, and he stands by. He's ready to be our helper. And so, Father, we thank you that he's our teacher, and he'll teach each one as the word of God goes forth tonight, and the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God will make it real and personal to each person here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the agent of change together with the word of God in our lives, and I thank you for that. Thank you for the Holy Spirit in me. I thank you that I'm a yielded vessel, Father God. I thank you that I allow you to just speak what you want. I have notes here, but Lord, we give this service over to you in every way, and so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we... Jumped into week one last week, and we said that um, our message last week was God doesn't leave us in our weakness, he empowers us. So he doesn't leave us in our weakness, but he empowers us. And we talked a little bit about that. We're gonna, I'm going to do a little bit of a review tonight on what we talked about. However, I wanted to share something before we start. Um, how many remember in the beginning of the year, Pastor... Shared on, I specifically vividly remember Titus was like a main scripture that we talked about, and how the grace of God empowers us or trains us or teaches us to resist evil and lust and all of those wicked things. And in the beginning of the year, Pastor really um, was very focused, honestly, every year he believes God for a message for the year. And this year, it was very clear what the Lord wanted to say. But together with what the lord put on pastor's heart i know for me personally so i'm going to say this personally i just really had sensed that there was this was a new year 2023 was going to be new and he had said and i think i shared this last week that it was going to be a year where many cycles were going to be broken and we were really going to walk in the new but i didn't really know what that meant i know that he had given me two words he had told me water and breath and i was like what does that mean And it's life. It's life. So today we're going to talk about life, this life of God that God had in the beginning and that God wants to restore us to walk in now. But when the Lord was really speaking to me at that time, I was studying scriptures that were uh, not even the same scriptures that Pastor had, but something was aligning for me. And I was like, and I remember sending Pastor a text saying, Pastor, God is really opening up this whole thing on the new for me. And as it relates to what you're sharing. But he's using different scriptures, but he, he started to teach me about walking in the word and putting on the new and putting off the old, things like that. And I'm like, this is, this is part of the new. At that time, I had gone into a notebook of mine. No, I'm sorry, it wasn't a notebook. I had gone and I was really led of the Holy Spirit to go listen to a message by Jen Tringell. She's a woman who has ministered to here before. And I remember sending that message to Pastor and I said, this is a confirmation of what we've been sensing for 2023. Fast forward last week, after I did the message, when I went into my office, I knew the Lord dropped in me how he kind of wanted me to navigate week two. And within, and I shared it with Pastor Beth the next day and she said, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. But someone had a word and it was very much in line with this whole cultivating this fruit type of thing, and you'll hear it. So I want to share these two words for you. I do have a copy after service if you want to come get it. I have it for you. The reason why I'm sharing this is because there are specific timetables and seasons for things, right? We don't eat strawberries in the winter because they're out of season. But there are seasons that the Holy Spirit has a theme or a thrust for different local churches, for the body of Christ at large. I believe that the word that God gave us for this year, Pastor Joe, and then what he's been having us flow in for this year is not just a word for our local body, but for the body of Christ. And so I wanted to share with you this word because I want you to connect. We're sheep, right? And the sheep have to go to the pasture and eat for what they need for that that time in this season. And if you'll take hold of, I believe, these teachings and what we've been teaching throughout the year, and this word, we have to partner with it. So I'm going to read this word, but some of the things that I'm going to share are going to be tools to help you walk that out for this year, okay? So I want you to have an expectancy. So here's the word from Jen Tringell from 2023. It was in January, I believe. There's something in the air that... The new has begun. Everyone say new. Yeah. That the new thing we're sensing, even though we haven't wrapped ourselves around it, and God is still showing us what that is. Our assignment in 2023 is to emerge. Speak to seeds planted in the deep to emerge. It's time for them to emerge. Awake to the things that are in the spirit and pray them into fruition. The New Testament church, here it is, let me just say this, because last week was a very personal message. This week we're going to have some personal examples, but I want you to think broader that this is not just about you. This is about the body of Christ emerging as a whole. The New Testament church that Paul wrote about is emerging this year. Something is happening and it's taking shape. You can feel it moving. Something has been moving towards this for all time, his agenda for my life is coming to pass. Emerge, and she gives some definitions, to recover from or survive a different or demanding situation, to recover or return to a state of health and strength, amen? amen. To find or regain possession of something that was stolen or lost, to break out of from a cocoon or casing. Some of you were held up in your season of transition And then she said emerge is to break out of the former state. Now listen to this, because many of us are going to be able to really connect with this for last year. In this emerge work, there is a recovering from the demands and the battle fatigue of last year. There was an onslaught from the kingdom of darkness of a soul and physical and chronic fatigue that hung in the air like a fog that needed to get pushed off. And I declare that... Emerge, find you to shed the last vestiges of what was. God wants to take you from one thing into the next and somehow you got stuck, talking about last year. You love God and you were serving God but you couldn't get things to move. It's time for the full revolution of your transition for what God is taking you into to come to full revolution. Your eyes to see who he has made you to be, not what you used to be. Now, here is the last part of it. This is happening because God is moving the church into the full expression of his bride, right? We know he's coming back for a glorious bride. Say glorious. Glorious. Arise and come into heaven's definition of you. Come into your destined time. Speak to the things planted on the inside. Move into new opportunities. Praying for the potential that's um, that's placed inside of you to come forth a full expression of your son Jesus in and through them, meaning the church. We know we can't do it on our own, but we look to you and to your grace, say your grace, Grace. for that emerging work to take place. Okay? So God wants us to emerge, and I want you to think of, I'm gonna share this next word. This is a seed... A seed, which we're going to talk a little bit about, emerges into something like this. That's what he wants to do as the body of Christ arises. He puts seeds in us, but he wants them to come to full fruition in us so the body of Christ can emerge into that glorious, glorious bride. And so the word from Lana Vosser from last week says, it's so much bigger than you think. The enemy comes to shake and break. But I am birthing these new mountain moving movements that are going to bring forth monumental shifts, movements that will see my spirit, meaning capital S, Holy Spirit, bring down mountains of impossibility as the power of my spirit, capital S, is demonstrated in unprecedented ways. The things that we think are impossible are 100% possible in the Lord. I say say to these precious ones, rejoice, rejoice. The wind of my spirit and empowerment is blowing fiercely upon you. That's the wind, remember wind, wind, air, oxygen. You need oxygen to live. The wind of my spirit and refreshment is gaining momentum and I am causing you to stand firm in that which I am doing in you and through you. For I am strengthening and fortifying you to know what it is to stand and to stand in me. Here it is, rooted, rooted, deep, rooted down deeper into who I am and intimacy with me than ever before. So these earthquakes of warfare come from the enemy and attempt to knock you off your feet, you will not be moved. Fortification is happening, maturing and strengthening and refreshment. Let me just drop down. Um, you would no longer be shaken or moved. He is bringing a deep fortification within you as you continue to live, Pastor talked about it in the beginning of the year, in that secret place, close to him and deep in his word. I was surrounded by a strong sense that these mountain moving movements were going to be much bigger than these precious people even realized. The Lord has called them to build with him. You think you're just holding a seed, right? I held a seed, but here it is. But what I have called you to build as you partner, say partner, with me is we're going to grow into a mighty oak, amen? Amen. I am empowering my people with a divine strength and vitality that you have not known, flourishing and thriving in me, not withering and weary. It's a time of advancement, a time of movement. The enemy is attempting to keep you stuck and feeling like you're being dragged down by quicksand, but this is not the truth. Divine deployment has begun, the movement of God's mighty army here it is, is arising in the earth, building the arks by his instruction to see his glory manifested and revealed. Amen? Amen? So, this is a year of fortification. This is a year that, as we spend time in the secret place, we're going to see change and we're going to experience that refreshing that comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, I'm going to do a very quick review from last week, very quick. Um, The question we asked last week is, we talked about being a new creation, but if I'm a new creation, why why don't I feel like a new creation? And why am I still struggling with those relational cycles, constant negative thoughts about myself, still angry at my kids, eating the cookies on the way out when we said we're not going to eat the cookie and we stopped there. And last week we had so many leftover desserts we were hysterical. They're like, no one ate the cookies. Um, So we were laughing. But many of us are struggling with that and we see that all through the New Testament Paul went around preaching the message we're talking about, the gospel message. Like we heard this weekend, it's the greatest message of all. He went everywhere telling about this message and this is what he did. As I've been studying this out, these scriptures, I've been realizing, oh my gosh, everything he did, he went in to tell us who we are in Christ, and then he said, now walk worthy of your calling, and everything, a lot, not everything, but a lot of the New Testament, once he tells us who we are in Christ, walk worthy of our calling has to do with how we walk with one another in the body of Christ how we treat one another how we're dealing with one another so many of it so much of it is about that and last week basically the question i said is we can come to the conclusion when we struggle for so long we can get tired weary and say we're never going to change but i i had a visual here and we used this visual last week and we said that when adam and eve adam and eve i just I'm, I'm, I want to try to make this really concise because I want to get to the new material. Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they were attached to and connected with the source of life, amen. God is the source of all life, all good, pure, whole, uh, soundness. That's what, what God is. And Adam and Eve were connected to that. But Adam and Eve sinned and they lost that connection, that that connection to the... the uh, flow of life, something in them died, and now they were unable. After they sinned, their world was shattered and fell apart. They only knew sin. They only knew shame and fear. All of these things came. And get, get this, because this is really part of what, I, what we're going to get into, is that they only knew how to operate now from a place of fleshly, self-focused coping mechanisms. Instead of going to God to fix things, they retreated from God and tried to fix everything themselves. And because of, what, because of that, it was like a virus. We were born and we were born into Adam, which means sin had we, we had, we were filthy rags spiritually. Sin had its reign over us. We literally had no mechanism to overcome sin in our lives. Amen? So we were stuck in that place. And because God is so good, and because God is so graceful, God looked down on us. He didn't move away from us, but he moved towards us. Amen? And God said, because they're constantly missing the mark, because they're spiritually dead, because they're damaged beyond repair, I have to make a change. I'm going to move towards them, because all we had was the mechanism, and we're going to look at this now, to operate out of our carnal nature, our soul, and from our body, because our spirit was dead, okay, this little sheet that says transformed. So I want you to imagine this, how many of you know what this is, right? A remote, right? Did you ever, were you ever sitting there, and you're like, and you're hitting the power button, and how many of you do that? And nothing is going on, right? Right? And so it's like, oh man, and then you hit it. Do you ever hit it against your leg? And it's like, okay, let's, here we go, here we go. And nothing happens. And after blaming the kids for doing something with the remote, right? That's like the first thing we do. The second thing we do is it's like, oh man, it's the batteries. It's the batteries, these batteries are dead. They can't produce anything. This thing is useless. it's not working anymore. So God didn't just fix us. He didn't make us better and make us a better sinner. That's not what he did. He took the batteries out and he's like, "Okay, let's get a new set of batteries so now it can engage with what needs to be done." God didn't just fix us up. He didn't make you a better sinner in in um in Oh, 2 Corinthians 5, that's not the one. Yes, 2 Corinthians 5:17. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creation altogether. Amen? The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. This new creation is this something that's never existed before. Something that has never existed before. God put something in us, He made an exchange. I'm not gonna do what I did last week because I don't have the time, but he made an exchange for us. We were in Adam, sin reigned over us, we were dead, we were like this remote that had no, it was dead, it was not working. So God had to change something. So he switched it, he gave us Christ, the righteousness of God. He took First of all, he took sin off of us. He took that sin nature that was dead and only can produce dead works, no life. It was not producing life and he switched it. And so what he did was he gave, he took sin off of us, but I said, that's good, but there was even better news. Not only did he forgive our sins and then take sin off of us, but he gave us the very nature of Christ, gave us the holiness of Christ, made us a saint, gave us the very righteousness and right standing with God that we did not have before. So now we can now relate to God and we're connected. And I was supposed to bring a hose, but I forgot. The life that got, flowed from God If you you take a hose and you connect it to, it needs to be connected to the water source to get that water, and that's what God did. And he gave us something brand new, and now this, it's called regeneration, and I said that last week. Guys, this is an act of God's grace. Because we could, grace is wherever we fall short, Grace makes up the difference. Grace helps you to be what you could not be on your own. And God knew. And so this beautiful thing, this is what he does. He puts a seed in us, a seed of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in. He lives in us. The Bible calls it the hope of glory. I shared it last week, lives in us. So the Holy Spirit comes in and he does this deep work. He's the empowerment for us to now, even though... Let's go to our transformation, transformed sheet, even though we still have sin in our members. So let me explain this. We still have a carnal nature. It's in our members, meaning it's in our body, our physical body. We have appetites in our body. We have um, physical senses where we connect with this world. And when we got born again, spiritually speaking, this amazing predisposition to have to be able to not constantly produce sin, but to produce life now and fruit. He made that change in us. However, we still have a carnal nature. And so let me explain what that means. That means that my body is still my body. He didn't give us a new body and he didn't give us a new soul. So the wounds that you carry in your soul are still there. The way that you thought and your thinking patterns and your belief systems before you were saved are still there. Our soul is our mind or our thinker, our will or our chooser, our emotions or our feeler. So our will is still involved. We still might, when God speaks to us when we first get born again, we have a will and sometimes that will is, I'm gonna do my will, not your will, Lord. And because we may have wounds, because we may have things from the past that reside in that part of us, There's a renewing that has to take place. Before we're born again, we make all of our decisions from the flesh and the soul. Ephesians 2, go read it. We talked about that whole scripture passage last week, Ephesians 2, how before we were born again, we were alienated from the life of God. We only had our soul to draw from and our soul has those wounded areas, experiences, memories that reside there. And so something has to be renewed. We have to take now this new person and the tools that we're going to talk about tonight, and we have they have to renew us. So this is what we talked about last week. So I, I want you to say, a radical, a radical spiritual, transformation spiritual transformation has taken place in me. Place in me. Amen. Amen. Okay, so the spirit, spiritually speaking, this transfer or this transaction that God did spiritually. Uh, he gave us and made our spirit alive. I'm just gonna read off the sheet here. My, our spirit goes from dead, death to life. Um, the Holy Spirit and God's word begin influence our thinking, our choosing, and our feeling. And the life of Christ begins to be expressed through us like this little tree in a greater and greater way, right? So what happens is as we begin to make choices, as we begin to live this out, there's an empowerment for us to walk in a new way. Our emotional wounds begin to be, get healed as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit as he begins to dig deep in us and do a deep work in us. As we go to the word of God and it changes us, things start to happen in our lives. And so the last thing we said last week was, um, I gave you a quote by someone and I, I wanna just say this quote. And this quote says this, for years, uh, this was someone sharing this, for years I flunked mornings. I convinced myself I needed hours to clear my head, that I couldn't be civil until noon, that I couldn't help but drag my funk into the day. It was in my DNA. When I owned my lies, I began replacing them with truth. I don't know if you've denied yourself the permission to change, but I, cur- I encourage you to say yes to a bigger life. And last week, that was our call to action. Let's put things behind us. We're saying yes to a bigger life. Amen? Amen. I want to read one more quote to you. I want to just remind you, first of all, change takes time. Can you put that slide up there, Jay, of those little, uh, the little um, pieces of trees, the seeds and all of that? Um, the top one... We said it's a process, we start out with a seed and we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. So you go from one stage of glory to another stage of glory as we get transformed to another stage of glory, to another stage of glory. And when we do that corporately, that's where we're seeing the body of Christ arise this year into a greater state of glory, why? Because he's coming for a glorious bride, amen? Amen, so it takes time, be patient with yourself. Don't dwell on your mistakes when you fall short. It's a messy process sometimes. And I'm going to read one more quote before we go into some other stuff. This is a quote from Peter Scazzera. I think his name is. I have a book by him. I love this quote. At each season of my journey, I have taken steps to more clearly define who I am and not in Christ. Be willing to tolerate the discomfort of growth. Pray for the Holy Spirit's power to continue. You are doing something that's never been done before in your history, in your history. In some cases, you will be challenging multi-generational patterns. Expect to stir up some profound emotion. When we begin to make changes in our life, the pressure can feel like either our inner person or exterior life and relationships will implode in the process. The shaking that happens in our life can be compared to breaking the sound barrier for the first time. Both require courage. Just like Chuck Yeager's plane shook at the sound barrier when the sound barrier is broken, your life will shake as you grow. And you know, that's the same thing when a seed goes into the ground, there's tension for that seed to burst forth and come up. And that's what happens when we are moving in change. I want you to think about it like this. There's two life forces that are happening. Think about an airplane, right? Gravity's always going to try to pull that thing down, pull that plane down, right? Your carnal nature, the members that you have are gonna to try to pull you down. However, God has given you a mechanism, I don't wanna say mechanism, a person that lives inside of you and tools to to give you, and gravity is happening all the time. Your flesh and your carnal nature are gonna, I remember a teaching pastor shared a few years ago and he said, weeds are always gonna grow. They're always gonna come back up. You're always gonna be dealing with stuff. They're gonna come up. However, he has given us the law of the lift. What does that mean? He's given us something to lift us above gravity and overpower gravity, and that's what the Holy Spirit and the tools that God gives us help us with. Amen. Amen. Um, so here's uh, here's I want to read one more quote, and then we're going to go on to the next piece of what I want to share. I feel like this quote encompasses everything that I want to say. It's the quote. Um, from the book, Living in Jesus, Pam, back there. um, I I feel like this encompasses everything that our walk is about. Let's see. um, It's Living in Jesus is the quote. I'll start reading it, and they'll put it up there in just a second. The whole interaction with mankind is about life. God is life. Adam and Eve were given life. By sinning, they lost it. God promised to restore it, Christ came to give it, by faith we accept it and walk in it, amen? It's about life, it's about life. It's about being connected to the God who is life and walking out this life to bear fruit. Joyce Meyer says this, when we're talking about this, this whole thing that's the tension. She said, when I got born again, I left my abusive father. I thought my problems were over, but I realized I took them with me because everything that he abused me was still embedded in my soul. So this renewal process, I'm gonna give you a big lofty word and this looks very childish, I know, but I tried to find something online that I could kind of work with. It's called sanctification, okay? It's called the sanctification process. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, may your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and will also do it. That's First Thessalonians 5, 23. And that word sanctified means, it's hagiazo it's in the Greek, and it means to separate from profane things and dedicate to God. So how many of you moms have done this? Uh, and I know moms will be able to relate, maybe dads too, but moms, have you ever gone food shopping, right? And you buy something, maybe you're having a special event. And so you buy like cookies or chips or like a special cake and you tell the kids, do not eat that cake, right? How many of you have done that as a mom, right? And you're like, don't, (laughs) don't eat that cake because that cake is put aside. Okay. This is what it means to be sanctified. It means to be separated from profane and ordinary things, but not only to be separated, so that piece of cake or that cake or whatever it is, that cake is separated from everyone else in my family because they can't touch it until it's the day that we're gonna use it. So we separate it from ordinary use. We're not just gonna eat it because it's for a special occasion, but it's also separated to something. It's separated for that day, we're gonna eat it. So something gets separated from, we get separated from ordinary. Amen. Say, I'm separated from ordinary. So separated from ordinary. And God separates me to himself right? He separates me to himself because listen, we are living a higher calling. We're walking worthy of a calling of God. And so God separates us so that here it is, this is what he does. He separates us so that these seeds, when they start to grow, just like that little picture, little by little, this is what the sanctification process is. Can we have that picture one more time with the little seeds and all of that? We little by little, so little you can look at someone and you go oh they look a little more like christ oh they look a little bit more like christ wow they really look like christ oh my goodness and what happens is this tree that starts out as a seed this tree now grows and we see gentleness peace joy faithfulness kindness love we have the seeds in us now after the new birth To produce an apple tree, an apple seed produces apples. A God seed, a Holy Ghost seed, which we are, could produce good things. We have the capability because the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that is in us, cultivating something that causes us to look more like Christ. So when people see us, when we they see it, when we engage with the world, when we engage with people when we go and tell people about the gospel, when we stop and pray with someone, when we do all of these things, something, people see something in us that, oh my gosh, I think, oh yeah, they look like Christ. I remember years ago, pastor doing a, I don't even remember what the teaching was on, but it was about, he shared a story about um, this woman who was blind and someone brought groceries to her house. I don't know if it was a true story or not, but she, someone rang the doorbell and she see, hears these groceries and she's looking and she's like, Jesus, someone was bringing her groceries because she needed them. And she said, Jesus, is that you? That's what happens with us. People are gonna say, Jesus, is that you? Because we're, the life of God is coming through us and that's what we wanna do. And so one of the biggest things, the biggest places that I, I wanna um, give you this quick story. Um, Oh my gosh, I think that's my phone, hold on. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) My alarm was going off, sorry. Um, So when I worked in, I worked in a home for addiction recovery for about two years where these ladies had to leave their families and come live there. And they would live there for a minimum of at least six months. Some of them stayed seven, some of them stayed eight months. And I've never seen the sanctification, I used to say this is what the sanctification process looks like, because I would see and work with them every week. And what would happen is I would sit and listen to their stories. And then I would, we would do classes together and I would see the change. As a matter of fact, when I first started working there, I remember having a personal disappointment. And I remember six months into being there, I turned to my husband and I said, oh my gosh. I said, I fell back in love with Jesus. Something about what I saw in their lives was producing the life of God and I looked at them and I was like oh my gosh Jesus is so real and so these women's lives they would uh, just some of them late left their kids some of them were grandmothers who couldn't even see their grandchildren because they had DWIs things like that and these women would come there so vulnerable and I was like, I thought they were gonna be so different than, just, than me, I didn't, and I'm like, they're just like me, they've just been wounded, and God needs to just work and mold, and, and things would happen, and the sanctification process is really messy. We're still gonna miss it, we're still gonna mess up, because God's molding us, and he's working things out in us, just like the potter and that clay, and things get, uh, things have to be softened, and he has to add, put water on us to just make those changes in us, but it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And so I have permission, I always ask this lady, Carol, if I could share her story. This gives me such a beautiful picture of sanctification. And then we're gonna talk about the areas that God uses, the tools that we've been given to walk this out. So Carol came in and she was 67 years old, could not see her grandchildren because she had um, a DWI. So she was not in good um, standing with her family. They really didn't talk when, we first, um, when she first came there. And, From day one, we would always laugh at her because she would say, I'm not staying a day after six months. When six months is out, I'm done. And because sometimes we would say, you really should stay a little bit longer or whatever. And she's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying just for six months and that's it. And she was supposed to graduate before Christmas. She ended up graduating January 14th. But as November came and Thanksgiving came and Carol was like, okay, I'm going home. And we were like, Carol, stay, graduate from the program, finish this out. God brought you here, he'll give you the grace to do it. And she, and we would just, the things that they would have to confront in their lives and just walk out was just amazing. And so I remember her saying, I'm not, and she even had a look of like, this look of rebellion on her face, and she's like, I'm not staying. And so I remember um, uh, the, the, the program director, sitting with her, because we would sit, all of us sat with her, and we were trying to like encourage her to, to stay, and she asked her one question, and she said, Carol, whose will do you want? Do you want your will, or do you want God's will? And Carol said, I want God's will, and she said, okay, then you need to just really seek God, and see what his will is, and Carol ended up staying, and here's the beauty of it, she ended up staying until January, so she stayed. She did not want to stay there for Christmas. Her whole thing was, I want to get home with my family, I want to go buy Christmas gifts, I want to go to my church's Christmas programs, and this is what happened between November, because she was supposed to leave before December, between November and January, several things happened. One being, there was a class on idols. And Carol would say from day one, I want the Lord to show me why I drink, why I drink. I don't understand. And that class was between November and the end of the year. And in that class, God showed her what it was, was the reason why she was drinking. Had she not listened and allowed herself to be moldable and allowed God to just set her apart, she would have missed out on something amazing that God had for her. And so, and then we laugh because that year, we were invited to every Christmas show. We were invited everywhere you can imagine to all these churches. And I rem- the director said, we have never been invited to things as much as we are this year, but we knew it was because Carol had such a desire and she stayed, and God allowed her to experience all of these beautiful moments for Christmas. And she went home, she was she graduated, she still sends me pictures. Um, every birthday she sends me a, a birthday hello and a, a Mother's Day, and she always engages with me, showing me now I can see my grandchildren, here's pictures of my little grandson, and God, see, because God is a restorer. He gives us new for all of the old things. Amen? Amen. So what is this sanctification process? I'm gonna just, Jackie Hill Perry said this. She said, I I have a, a counselor that I go to. She said, but when I'm struggling, I say, Lord, she said, I can only talk to my counselor about so much. She said, I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, I've been this way for 30 years. I need tools, resources, and courage to change. And so we're gonna, we're gonna um, look at some of the resources. Let's, before we do that, 1 Corinthians 3, 9, I wanna read this to you. For we are fellow workmen, I think it's in there, fel, for we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, labors together with and for God. You are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. You are God's building. So I want you to say, I am God's garden. I am his vineyard vineyard and field under cultivation. cultivation. And I I I am his partner. partner. Together, Together, we will cultivate this field. I want you to say one more thing. Say, I I am moving into into the most fruitful season season of my life. life. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, um, I want to, I'm gonna give you a few scriptures to write down, but um, Colossians 2, 6 through 7 and the Amplified, you can, I'm not gonna do that one now. Romans 12, one, 1 through 2, I am gonna read that one because this, now imagine you're partnering with God, right? We're partnering, we're co-laborers together over this garden, over this field that we have, over these seeds in our life. We are partnering with God. And so it takes, we, we're working with God. So Romans 12, 1 through 2 says this, I appeal to you, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decision, a decisive de- dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice holy and devoted and consecrated, as well as pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So we have to present ourselves to God. And then it goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world, but be fashioned after and adapted, or be fashioned after or adapted to external superficial customs, but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitudes, so that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight. Ephesians 2, I really want to read this one, 422 to 24. Here's what we do with God. Here's what we do with God. This is what the sanctification process really is. Strip off your former nature, put off and discard your old unrenewed self. Which is characterized by your previous manner of life and, be, and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion. And here it is be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude, and put on the new nature. Here it is the regenerate self, created in God's image, Godlike in true righteousness and holiness. Guys, we put off the old. This was a scripture the Lord gave me in the beginning of the year connected to pastor's message. It's yielding to that renewal of bringing that new person of who God created us to be. It's allowing God, here it is, to change the filters through which we see life through and it allows the deepest parts of who we are to be renovated. And we do this We put off the old and put on the new by cultivating our relationship with God and making abiding in him a priority. So the first one is we stay rooted in his word. Okay? Psalm 1, 1 through 3. I I have these in Amplified, so I'm sorry. They're very wordy. Um, Let's just... um, I'm going to start with two. But this... but our delight and desire are in the law of the Lord and on his law, precepts and instructions, teachings of God, we meditate, he meditates. So the, right, the, so the person who is blessed is a person who delights and desires the law of God or the word of God and he habitually meditates, ponders and studies day by day and he shall be like. So the person who t- hasn't, sits with God's word, allows the word of God to take root in their lives. That person shall be a tree, shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Water is the ultimate source of life for a tree. You cannot have water, you cannot grow anything without having water, you cannot grow it. And this, we're on this sheet right here, so we're rooted in God's word, that's the first one. This plant, this is really is one of my plants that someone just gave me recently. I mean, they didn't give it to me when it looked like this. But I tell my husband, tell people do not give me plants, like plants that I have to actually tend to, because listen, this life of sanctification, God gives us the resources we have to partner. I had to do something with this plant, which you can tell I did not do. I did not water this plant. (laughs) My poor little niece got this at her school for me. But I just, for some reason, this plant will never, it's not going to flourish if it's not near water. We have to get up close with the water. The word is that water that will that will give us life, you see that? You have to be able to get the water of the word to come because it is the source of life. The word of God is a source of life from us that allows us to grow. The word of God renews our mind and and that mind renewal is this, this is what it means. It means to reshape and reform our mind and our thinking. When we renew our minds, like Ephesians 4 says, and Romans 12, there's a reshaping, there's a a remolding, a reworking, a reforming of the way that we think from the ways that we used to think, even maybe worldly ways, like we would think that's okay. Now God is reforming us because you can't live right if you're not thinking right. Amen? Amen? The word of God comes in to those wounds that you've had, and he strengthens and rearranges everything about you. You don't have to put this up there, but John 8 says this. So Jesus said, you shall know, hold fast to my word. You, um, you, truly you are my disciples when you know the truth and the truth will set you free. He says, continue in my word and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So my little action step for here is I want you to think about what distractions are keeping you from God's word and ask yourself a question when you sit with the word of God Lord what do you want me to know today through your word what do you want me to know today and Lord how and ask yourself how can this word challenge me today I want to say one thing about the word of God years ago when I was in a state of complete depression and anxiety I remember the word of God was such life to me I would hang on to it and it was life for me, and there's a scripture in Psalm 119, I I think, I don't think it's, it might be 37, and it says, if it had not been for your word, I would have perished in my destruction, and I would have, I think, perished in my destruction or something like that, and I would read that word in Psalm 119 and cry, because I would realize if it hadn't been for the word of God that healed, that renewed, that went deep into the places of my heart and Help me to pull out, replace all of those lies that I was believing about myself, the Word of God, literally transformed me. The second one, the second tool that God's given us, and I can't spend time in this because I want to spend time on the last two, and we don't have much longer we engage in life-giving community. That's on the back of your, that's on your sheet as well. So the first one was rooted in His word. second one is, is life-giving community. And I want you to think of life-giving community as this. This is God. He's the source of all that is life, all that is good. He is the source, right? God pours himself into a person. He pours himself into a person. And then this person is just a carrier. We're carriers, right? We carry the life source of God. So the love of God is now in us. What God does in us, he he now pours from that person into us. We're carriers of God, but we pour out the goodness of God into other people. Um, I was telling Pastor Beth um, tonight before the message, I had been thinking about going through all of these scriptures and and kind of thinking about bearing fruit and thinking about just this renewal of God wanting to renew us. And I texted the old counselor, I had mentioned her last week in the the message that I shared, and I texted her and I said, and I started to cry because I said, I want to thank you for giving space to me or making a space for me to come and be able to be totally honest with you about the things that I'm struggling with, even though there were times that I would be embarrassed to say this is what I'm going through. Like, oh my gosh, how can I even tell someone that I'm walking through this and them not think or wanna judge me. But when you have a person that holds space for you to be able to hold space with unconditional love and total acceptance, because that's what God does for us. He creates that for us. When we do that for someone else, this is what happens. We now get to experience God through a person and that's what we want that's what community does we're not and i, I know there's a lot of codependency stuff sometimes that happens in community but genuine godly community helps us to walk out and pour into us and i said to her i want to thank you because i'm um, finally she taught me how to walk just really put off that old and put on the new every week just me allowing her allowing this space when when you sit with someone who gives you the love of god like that it, it just, healing happens in your life. Amen? Amen. The, the last two that I want to mention is we ha- engaging in dependence on the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power, Amen. ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. There's a quote in a book that I just read, and I don't know the name of it, but it says, I forgot the name. It says, all of our efforts to teach godly living and spiritual growth must be grounded in grace and not self-effort. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. In other words, the Holy Spirit, how he's the spirit of truth, he's a spirit of grace. He teaches us, he's our teacher. The Bible says that he's our the word is, is in John uh, 16, you can read John 14, John 15 and 16, it talks all about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is the spirit of um, truth and he leads us in truth and that's why what happens with the Holy Spirit is, I wanna try to give you a very practical, practical picture of, of him. So what he does is, here's why it's so powerful. First of all, the Holy Spirit knows you better than you. So the Holy Spirit will dig in there and you may not know the root of something in your life, but when you're engaging in this honest dialogue with the Holy Spirit, you're, we're having a relationship with him. It's a relationship. When you bring the Holy Spirit into your life and you communicate with him, you spend time to sit with him. First of all, he'll lead you. He'll lead you into truth. Last year, Last week I shared how I took a coaching course and for women in leadership. And remember I said it was in that class I shared a testimony. It was in that class that when she asked us a particular question, I realized this is my biggest battle. And that was one of the biggest lies that I struggled with for years. The Lord set me free in that class. Now, this is how the Holy Spirit works. I knew he was leading me to go and take that class. When you obey the Holy Spirit, this is what happens. It's that sanctification process building up into a greater, bigger tree. This is what happens. The Holy Spirit leads us. Whether we wanna do it or not, you have to recognize, okay, the Holy Spirit is leading me. When you obey him, this is what happens. Now you overcome, you grow, you put down your flesh. So now it's not I that live, but Christ that lives within me. Something about me decreases, something about him increases. And so when you obey the spirit of God, but you have to be listening because see, he wants to lead you because he knows what's best for us. We don't know. That's why we got to get away from all the distractions and listen to him. So he leads us. He gets to the root of things and he also empowers us to be able to do what we could not do on our own. Philippians 2 says this, not in your own strength for it is God who all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. The Holy Spirit is so amazing. This year I am telling you the Holy Spirit is wanting us to have a greater awareness that he's with you. Have a greater awareness of the Holy Spirit. I want you to cultivate that. I sent my sons a text recently and I said, have an awareness of the Holy Spirit. Talk to him throughout your day, guys. Ask him, Holy Spirit, I have these decisions to make. What what would you like me to do? Holy Spirit, I have this thing to do. Show me, because as we follow him, we, we, we put down that flesh and we see God arise. So I'm gonna give you a quick example and then we're gonna do the last thing. Um, I want to share two quick things with the Holy Spirit, two personal quick things. Um, So with the Holy Spirit, a few years ago, I remember having this area that would just really trigger me for some reason. I didn't really know what it was. And I remember sitting down and I remember the Holy Spirit said, I want you to sit and I want you to circle, just circle as you're sitting there reading the word of God and kind of pouring your heart out on paper. I want you to circle words. And he told me how he wanted me to do it. And because what would happen was I would isolate myself because of this. When I would feel like I was incompetent in an area, I would want to isolate and not be around people. And I didn't understand what it was. So the Holy Spirit said, I want you to circle them. So I would circle all of the areas. And he said to me, you're dealing with what you're dealing with is shame i didn't know to label it that i knew that there was something icky i would feel and i would want to isolate but i didn't know what it was and he said it's shame that you're dealing with as soon as i was able to um i'm trying to think of that scripture that says to take every thought captive as soon as i was able to he showed me how to take that thought and he's like this is a lie you're believing and he walked me through it. He showed me why it was shame. And literally, as soon as he did that, I was literally free from that. And now, if that ever tries to come up, I immediately am able to say, I know what that is. And you are a lie. And I will not submit to you. And now I walk it out. And, I, and when you walk it out, again, remember, you have, when you walk it out together with the Holy Spirit, we overcome. We overcome. We overcome in crisis formed in us. The last thing I want to say real quickly about that is that There's a putting yourself aside to follow him so that his power can be released. His power is released when we yield to him. And so I want to encourage you to ask him each day, show me how I can do this different today, Holy Spirit. And I want you to really be honest with him and speak, talk to him throughout your day. So that's your little action step for the Holy Spirit. The last piece, and we're going to be ending in like three minutes or five minutes is, and one of the tools, and this is a big tool, is we want to engage in repentance. Plants cannot flourish without pruning. Repentance, I want you to think of it as pruning. Pruning meaning there's um, things that need to be cut off a plant, sometimes that are unhealthy, right? Because it hinders the growth of the plant when we have areas that are sucking the life out of the plant. And, when I go food shopping, how many of you, when you go food shopping, you rearrange your refrigerator first? You get rid of everything that needs to go so that you can make room for what you need. Pruning and, and repentance, think of it like we're putting the clutter aside. We're, putting, we're pulling out those rocks that are hindering this plant from growing. We're taking the weeds out. We're pruning areas so that the life of God can cause this plant to grow even bigger and bigger. Biblical repentance is changing your mind, your beliefs, and bringing yourself into alignment with God's word and his heart. And here's what it is, repentance takes courage, humility, obedience, and surrender. You have to be, obedient with, uh, be honest with repentance. Years ago, the Lord said to me when I was walking through, and he was trying to bring change in an area, he said, he said I need you to be completely honest. And I said, Lord, I'm not ready because I wanted to hold control in an area. I ha, you, have to, you cannot heal from what you're not honest about. And so I said, Lord, I'm being honest. I'm not ready to let go. It took weeks of a process, and I said, okay, Lord, I'm ready. Repentance is confronting those things, taking ownership for those things that are causing you to be out of alignment with God's heart, out of alignment with God's thinking, and those things will... St- drain the life out of you if you don't put them aside. And I wanted to share two things in this and then we're closing. Recently, I heard two different testimonies by someone. One was Jen Tringell and one was uh, Jackie Hill Perry, two along the, the same lines of things. And um, I don't know why, you don't know why sometimes you, you, the Lord asks you to put some things aside but Jackie Hill Perry said she loved Beyonce. She loved her from eight years old. Her family loved Beyonce. They were always at Beyonce concerts. She said Beyonce was like such a big part of my life. And she said, just recently, the Lord said, I want you to stop listening to Beyonce. And she was like, okay, Lord, like this is a big thing here because she's like part of my family, have all of her music and everything. And the Lord said, I want you to stop listening to Beyonce. And she said she had to, she went and she repented because she said, I, I kept listening to the music, and the Lord said, and so finally she she stopped listening to music. She had to put something aside. When we put something aside, we allow the life of God to come more in our lives because we never know what God has. And Jen Tringle said the same thing, and she said I was listening to Gloria Stefan, and I love. She said there's nothing wrong with Gloria Stefan. She said, but Gloria Stefan, the Lord said if you keep listening to the music, the music, her music, again, she said, there was nothing even wrong with her, but the Lord said, I want you to stop listening to the music because if you don't, it's gonna affect your destiny. So we have to just, we never know why God is speaking to us about pruning some of those areas. Amen? We just never know. So I'm closing with this. Um, I'm I'm closing with this, and it's gonna be a, A thing that I'm reading, it was someone on on Facebook that I know that used to come to our church and I felt like this really encapsulated the whole heart of really this whole sanctification and this whole transformation um, thing. And it was about her mother and she said, my mama, today she gets to step foot into a brand new season. The Lord making a way for a second chance to pursue something he had once started. Gosh, God is good y'all. Four years ago my mom went into a faith-based recovery program. She left that program on not so great terms, running from sobriety, running in the way she always had but God. He continued to move and work in her with the foundational things she learned from that program. Seeds, seeds, there we go, right? Seeds of God's love and word now planted on good soil. They began to sprout Last year, right in my living room, I got to watch my mom encounter God, encounter the gift of true deep repentance, and encounter his loving Holy Spirit in a way she never truly had before. Since that moment, the desire in her heart has been to go back to that program and finish what he once started. The past two weeks, I watched the kindness of God swing wide the doors that seemed impossible, bringing her to a full circle moment. And today, she re-entered into that program. Head held high and excited to do the deep healing work we know God has for her. All the while, I'm in awe of watching God answer a prayer I have prayed consistently for over nine years straight. I am thankful beyond words. I share this to say, if God can do it for me, he can do, if God can do it for me, if he can do it for my mom, then he can do it for you too. He is a savior, but he doesn't just save us, he heals us, He undoes shame by his mercy. He fills us with his love so that we can then go tell others, amen, and he redeems, he restores. There is no one too far gone or too messy for him. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Therefore, and she goes back to our starting scripture from last week and this week. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, All things have become new. First, second Corinthians 517. Why don't you lift your hands? Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you that this word would be solidified in the hearts of these men and these women here, Father God. Lord, we give you permission to go into every room of our heart, Holy Spirit. Show us where you want to start with each one of us. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are so gentle, but yet so powerful. So gentle, but yet so powerful. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the work that you're gonna do in the hearts of each person here. Father, thank you that it's never too late to start a new chapter or break a pattern. Father, thank you for this new season in this church. Thank you for a new season this year in 2023 for us to walk out and arise into that beautiful fruit-bearing fruit, fruit tree oak tree, that fruit bearing tree that you desire to make each one of us. Thank you for taking each one of us from faith to faith, glory to glory, glory to glory. And father, if there's anyone in here that may not know Jesus, this wonderful Jesus who comes in and makes us brand new, who that restores us. Father, I thank you right now that we would receive him. I'm just gonna pray a prayer. Let's pray a prayer. If you don't know Jesus, maybe you never have met this wonderful Savior that wants to come in and walk with us. So so let's just say, Father, Father, I thank you you for sending Jesus Jesus to wipe away away my sin, sin. to come in and and make me brand new. Father, I repent of my old ways and I receive Jesus tonight as my Lord, my Savior, to walk with him and to talk with him and experience this new life with him. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you're here, thank you so much for being so attentive. If you're here and you need prayer, for any reason. We'll have prayer workers, so please come up here and see someone. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful night, and we'll see you on the weekend. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Amen.